real stories from the team at Northern California's country radio station. Jen, Dano, and Amber and Tanner in the morning. You are inside Froggy 92.9. Welcome inside. Well, let's be honest. This is actually the KSRO studio that we do record the Froggy podcast in because it's the biggest studio in the building. can accommodate all of us and all of our guests. All of our guests. Well, we've had two so far. Three, so even. Yeah. yeah, he'll be our third guest. Uh, according to Mike, I am a guest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and I mentioned that because we have all been on KSRO in some capacity in KSRO. the last in the last week or so due to the Kincaid fire. So welcome inside the podcast. Yeah. Our latest episode and this episode will be fully focused on what has happened in Sonoma County the last week, which is the Kincaid fire. I do want to say up front. Uh, we are kind of a jovial bunch. We get through hard times by laughing to with one another. So uh, we may laugh and joke a little bit in this podcast uh, just for some levity to kind of get through things. But uh, if you're wondering if we are respectful or if we understand the gravity of the situation, we most certainly do. Yep. Um, so it's seeming like a corner has been turned, which is good. So perhaps we can kind of let things out a little bit and talk about what's happened in the past seven days. Yeah. Uh, but just I will speak for everyone in this room. Uh, that for people who have lost homes, for people who were, you know, we've had a couple of injuries, thankfully no fatalities, uh, our thoughts and prayers and our hopes and dreams and everything with, with you, we, we really do feel that. And I, I think, right, I mean, I'm not talking for myself here. No, absolutely. I agree 100%. Yes. It, it was kind of bizarre this morning. Amber and I were doing our show and we said something and we started laughing and I kind of realized like we haven't laughed in a really yeah. long time, it feels right. like. And, you know, everything has been, you know, so intense these past eight days that we're recording this um and it was kind of interesting like just laughing how much of a difference that made for us and it's something else that will be different about this episode is that typically everybody brings one thing we have one story we kind of focus on our one story this is just an open conversation we're grabbing a couple minutes here in the ksro studio uh, in between top and bottom of the hour news breaks because they are still covering the kincaid fire so um it really the way that this unfolded is really kind of a one leads to another, leads to another, and so that's what this particular episode will be. But let's introduce ourselves. To my right. I'm Jen. I'm the promotions director in Middays here on Froggy 92.9. Across from her is... Amber Henderson from Amber and Tanner in the Morning. And her Froggy. partner. I am Tanner from Amber and Tanner in the Morning, also known as the youngest and sexiest oh, on-air personality in Sonoma County. We're going to edit that. First time DeWalt's hearing that. <laughs> see what I'm saying about levity? We'll, we'll see what I'm saying it. about, about DeWalt, I say that every episode. And yes, we're talking to him. He's sitting there. He's on mic five. He is... Who? Our guest today. Uh, Mike DeWald, producer of The Drive with Steve Jackson on KSRO. So it was, I bring Mike in because Mike was the one who told me about the fire. I got a call at 1030 at night on a Wednesday from Mike, which I've never gotten a call from Mike at that late. Really? I get calls from him that late all the time. <laughs> you got something else going on. Uh, oh my. He's so red right now. <laughs> And uh, I always told him, you know, I, I said, if anything ever huge happens, you know, like of a Tubbs fire level, please call me, call me, call me. I'm here. Call me. I will come in. Call me. And so he called me and said, we've we've got a thing. So uh, is that really what you said? We've he got actually a thing? said, yeah, we've That's got a thing. Exactly what Mike DeWald would say. It yes. is. Yeah. So That's official news terminology. Yes. I'll have you know. Well, because well, I think it Thank is. You for it's an important that. thing to note because it's, you know, when you say that to us, what a thing. That means that it's going to be something that 
the entire staff, the entire people are going to need. This isn't yeah. just like a, a passing no, it's, story it's that has nothing to do deck. with us. Yeah. So, Mike, I wonder if you could just tell me that night how you first got notified of the fire and uh, what you immediately did. Well, I, I was in the city at the time and just happened to see like a, a tweet about it or some kind of alert that there was this 100-acre fire in... Uh, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly around where it started, but and then not a couple minutes later, it was a 200-acre fire. So it's just sort of, you know, kind of ran outside, uh, checked with a couple of our fire contacts. I was like, where were you in San Francisco? What were you doing? <laughs> was that a show? What, what show? show? <laughs> I no, I need to know. I uh, not as a fan. I was actually reviewing a Ghost Mane show. A whom? Ghost Mane. I think he's a rapper. He is. It was very strange. So you stepped so, out of the Ghost Mane show. This is true. Was that for Steve Jackson? No, it was not. <laughs> See, Mike, Mike, I would get weirder. The most interesting man in radio, he yeah. is a man of 16 hats. It's okay, true. So you step out of the Ghost Mane show and go, I, I probably need to go do do get reviews? the ball. I probably need to go get the ball rolling on major fire coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I check with one of our, uh, our top, uh, our go-to fire guys and said, is this is this big and he got back in probably 90 seconds he said this is big like all right so just ran to the car basically and uh driving back was (laughs) that was when you got your call and just tried to uh call as many people along the way as i could and i think a lot of you have like the tubs fire context so you i mean it's one of those things that in a short time it could be insane you just think of how fast things spread. So right. that, that's how you think of it. Uh, so you, in your mind, you kind of prepare for it being something like that. So uh, luckily we didn't see that. But uh, yeah. Well, here at the radio station, too, you sort of have like, um, think of it as, you know, like, uh, I can't give a good example, but like you have certain levels of like, oh-ish, like that. And you have different bells and whistles yeah. that you can mm-hmm. ring based on the s- severity of the problem. And so it was tough to know, I think, in the early hours, how is this going to be like a one thing that gets yeah. taken care of tonight? Is this going to completely devastate the county? Well, in my mind, because you, you have a little bit of that thought that, oh, geez, I'm going to get to the station. We're all going to be here and it's going to be put out by the time. I'm right. Here. And then I'm like, well, sorry, everybody. Like, which is honestly what you you want. Which, we always want that to yeah, happen. Exactly. But then exactly. you so you don't. So so you don't like I didn't know on that night. I was like, should, you know, 1039. I've got the baby. Like, we're putting the, is this somebody is this big enough to come in? It was one of those nights where, like, I actually happened to be awake that late because y'all know it's like Jeopardy and then bang. Yeah, right. That's very yeah. succinct. And so I happened to be awake and, you know, I was like, this this isn't going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because we were staying up and hearing and then we were hearing there was, and then again, false reports. Yeah, so exactly. people are sharing information. It's like, well, there's a fire here and there's a fire here. I mean, it sounded like someone was driving through Sonoma County and just starting random fires going down like Petaluma Hill yeah. Road or something like that. So it definitely seemed a lot bigger in that moment than I thought. But then when I actually you know, kind of reached out to our contacts here, it wasn't on a mass scale quite yet, so. And it was seeming for a little bit like they had it in hand, but definitely that first night, so after Mike calls me, I get on the road and I'm driving 101 and can smell smoke already coming through the car, but then I'd just broken free of the Katati grade in Roanoke Park, and you could see it from Roanoke Park, and it looked massive. 
And just the way that the freeway, you know, the freeway seems like it's straight, but it curves and it bends. And so the way that it looked, it looked like it was West Santa Rosa. And it looked like it was huge in West Santa Rosa. And it just so happens that 1350 AM, our signal for KSRO, was off. And that is never off. Never. It's never dead air. And it just so happens that that particular transmitter is in West Santa Rosa. So I'm like, oh, I know why 1350's off. The town burned down. And you called me and it's, said... Because that's also the neighborhood that Amber lives in, so I called her immediately. I'm, I'm dead asleep, like I have no idea any of this is going on. And I look over, my phone's buzzing, I look over there and it's Dan. You're and like, I was like, what? oh, he wants to do the podcast <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> he saw a funny joke online, but I answer. And he was just like, where are you? I'm at home in bed. He was like, go outside and see if you see flames. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He was just like, I'm looking. I'm afraid that the, like it's right. It's right there. And I was like, where? He's like, at your apartment. He's like, I'm coming over. And I was like, Dan, wait, everything's okay. Oh. I'm okay. And he was like, please go outside and see if he smells. I mean, he was genuinely worried about me. Damn, nobody called me. <laughs> well, he I'm thought just he thought it was heading yeah, towards me. Yeah, so I'm he was totally just, kidding. <laughs> we'll call you next time. I'll make sure you're okay. <laughs> we should have called you. Um, but yeah, Cole and I went outside and I was like, I called Dan back and I was like, I, we're okay, but what's going on? And that's kind of how I heard about it. I was, you know, jarred from my sleep, not Dan's fault. But like, you know, I I thought it was happening like yeah. when I first got that phone call and immediately started looking things up and like, you know, the texts were going throughout the night and I was waking up checking my phone and it was just one of those situations where I was like, I might as well just get up and go into work. And I think you and I came in really early that morning and started yeah. reporting in. Yeah, that's kind of how it was because uh, I woke up probably around two and I looked over my phone real quick. I kind of just wake up throughout the night. And I just looked over my phone, and we have our group chat, Froggy Jocks, we call it. It was like 10 emojis after it. And I just look, and I like just look, and there's so many text messages. And we at that time, my power was already off. Uh, PG&E shut off my powers, and I was like, oh. I, I just got this feeling in my gut that something's wrong. Right. And then that's when I started like finding out what was going on, and then... Like, without even a whim, I just, like, got up, put my pants on. Lindsay was like, what are you doing? I was like, I got to go. I got to go to the station. I was like, something happened. I don't know what's going on. And I came in here, and a full staff was at KSRO. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to give updates on Froggy. I don't know what to do. And then Amber was there, and it, it was it was really intense. And Amber and I, we didn't experience the 2017 Tubbs wildfire. So, for us, it was always, like, lore to yeah. us the 2017 wildfires and what wildfire coverage was. And we really um, kind of had an awakening in a sense, I think since Kincaid started hmm. of what the, what wildfire threats are actually like. And I wanted to ask you about that because myself and Jen, you know, we lived through 2017, both the fear and the threat of it to where we lived, but also what it means to be here at the station. But, you know, Amber and Tanner, you've just moved here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Amber, what was going through your mind when I called you and I and I said, you know, that that was a possibility? Because you actually end up man man up mandatory evacuated. Yeah, luckily, you know, everything was fine. And I'm really thankful for that. And I know that is so different from what happened two years ago. Like, I cannot possibly imagine people just getting pulled out of their homes and, you know, having to evacuate, which is what happened in Geyserville. But it just, I guess what was going through my mind is grabbing my dog and my boyfriend and getting into one car and just going. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I guess Tanner and I talked about it, and it just kind of made us realize material possessions don't mean a lot. Tanner kept yeah. saying that. He was like, I'm realizing that material possessions don't mean anything. Yeah. And uh, I kind of feel that way too, but I kind of also feel like every problem I ever had just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all these little things. Like, oh, I made a joke on the show. Like, I, you, like if I'd stump my toe, it would ruin my whole day, <laughs> which I do it a lot. And now I'm like, I'm not going to let stuff like that bother me because there's all these people in Sonoma County right now that are suffering and going through this. And those are kind of the things that were going through my mind. And I just wish I could still do more. But I'm going to use what I have here at the station of being a public figure and, you know, having the support of you guys and trying to do what I can to help out. And I guess those were all my first thoughts. Like, what can I do to help? How can I escape? And, you know, like fight or flight kind of situation. Yeah. What about you, Tanner? For me, yeah. I mean, I've talked about this on the show quite a lot. Just having that open conversation with Lindsay, my girlfriend, and saying, what can we live without? And having that reality. It, I guess it m- helped me sympathize with people who went through 2017 a little bit more. It kind of gave me some context, although it wasn't nearly quite the effect, but it also made me very thankful for first responders and law enforcement because being here in KSRO, we were getting constant updates. We were getting all these evacuations too, where in my understanding of what happened in 2017, that wasn't the case where we had all these mandatory evacuations and zones and everything like that. Like I just... For me, I had this overwhelming sense of appreciation for our law enforcement and for our sheriff, Mark Essick, who was, you know, high-low sirens going through neighborhoods and finding the most efficient way to go through something like this. Because, I mean, this isn't something that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, a new reality for a lot of people. And the We first... hope that it's not, but yeah, it's seeming like it is. Right, exactly. And the thing is, is that I'm just so thankful for our law enforcement and being so helpful um, learning uh, because I was here the first kind of night Saturday night when there was high winds all the evacuations were coming out and uh, just my heart goes out to everybody I'm so thankful to live here because people were helping each other lending hands people were opening their restaurants giving free food and it's just I don't think anywhere in the in the world would be as gracious and as uh, selfless as Sonoma County. And I'm just very thankful to live here. To speak to what you were saying in 2017, it's not that there weren't evacuations. There did end up being evacuations, but nobody knew what that meant. And from a law enforcement perspective, you know, they had never done that before. So I think then I don't want, I don't, I'm not saying I know, but, as the, our, our Mike, our friends in uh, in the fire community kept saying, pull the pin, meaning they're going to pull the pin on Windsor. They're going to actually tell everybody they need to get out of Windsor. You know, I think 2017 gave a really good context to law enforcement that, yes, you do need to make the call and tell them. I mean, it would be I could imagine a scenario where law enforcement is sitting in the room like, what, are we going to evacuate all of Santa Rosa? You know, and they they could have said that, yeah. you know, forever for many years before 2017 until they find out, well, here's what happens when you don't evacuate Santa Rosa. So I think 2017 gave them a context. And then so that way, this was a much more orderly rollout. They mm-hmm. understood the ramifications of what could happen. And as they said over and over again, because people weren't in those homes 
firefighters could focus on saving those homes. Right. And when Mike and I went out into the field, we drove uh, Chalk Hill Road, we drove uh, 128, we drove Mark West Springs. We saw it over and over and over again. The outdoor living space was toast, but the house was okay. Yeah, there, pretty incredible. There was a, we went to, it was Chalk's Bend Vineyard is what it's called on Chalk Hill Road. And literally, like, the chairs and the table and the pool were all singed and melted. But this beautiful home was untouched. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, and that speaks to the incredible work that the firefighters are doing. Well, can I ask you guys, like, you know, specifically maybe Jen, um, like, how were you feeling when you were, start, like, first finding all of this out? Because I know it can bring up emotions from, like, two years ago. And I checked on you, and I was like, you know, how are you feeling? And you're like, I'm not uh, okay. You know, at the beginning, I think it was, I don't, I can't, I can't actually tell you how I was feeling in the first couple of days. But, like, once we were at, I was at the Women's Expo, and we got the information about the evacuations for Windsor and Healdsburg, like, I was full on anxiety attack, like made it back to the station because we were at Grayton and like was driving home and I was crying. I'm like listening to, you know, Sean Paul on the radio and I'm sobbing. It's like this very weird contrast of things, you know, and then I think, too, in 2017, like. I hated where I lived. Like if that if that apartment burned down, I wouldn't be sad about mm-hmm. it. And I'm also not a very materialistic person. So, but now it's like I love where I live. Like we're in such a good spot. I have my cat now, so it's like I have a child and like yeah. you know, I just bought a brand new couch and I love everything about it. So I think it was also the panic of that. I mean, it was not pretty. I was like throwing up and it was Really? Oh, oh, yeah. with full on anxiety oh, attack. Oh, like I had no idea. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And luckily which is one of the reasons why I couldn't come in on Sunday because I was f- still remembering the phone calls that I was on. I mean, I, we lived here yeah. in the studio answering phones, trying to give people a peace of mind and trying to be that voice of reason back in 2017, trying to tell people that they're going to be OK. I did it for nine days and I just at it, on the, on the Sunday, I just I knew that I wasn't in a good mental space to do that again. Mm-hmm. And uh after 11 and a half years here, I, you know, I've learned to kind of say, you know, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I was I, here Monday. I was where I just needed kind of a day to kind of relax yeah. and not be as on edge. Um, but, you know, everyone was checking in on me and I really appreciate that. And being back and being in the building with everyone here who's, you know, my extended family and working as a team, it just, it, then it's just like clockwork. It's just right. like, okay, I'm here. Let's do this. Yeah, Mike, I wonder if you could speak mm-hmm. to your mentality in your state because um, for Mike is a producer on the afternoon show on KSRO, but also he is so plugged into the entire county and to he the county officials and all. many, many people. So um, whether it is officially your job or not, you are going to be the one who's going to be coordinating and going to be kind of almost the nerve center of a lot of the coverage because you're, conne- you're the connection. So does that weigh on you? I mean, did you, I mean, obviously, and I do want to say first and foremost, the firefighters and the law enforcement who are out there in the field doing their work are true heroes, are the real stress. Yes, are, absolutely. Yeah. This is our level of stress. And so these are our skill sets. This is what we're talking through right now. We don't want to try to compare the two because no, there is no comparison, not. but we're talking about our experience through the fire. So 
Um, for you, Mike, is that is that a weight on you? Does that stress you? Is that you thrive on that? Uh, both. <laughs> uh, it's it's a little different in the position that we're in because we're in constant contact with the people who know what's going on that regular just residents can't speak to. Uh, so I, this is something we talked about that y- sort of your assumption of a fire is that all of it is burning wildly at all times. And it's not necessarily quite how it works. So you sort of have to step back a little bit and take an inventory of, you know, find out where the, you know, where the trouble spots are, where there is actual active fire danger. Because, like I said, it's not all places at all times. And you have to. You envision, I envisioned this because I never saw the last fire. Never actually saw it. I saw the damage. But the actual fire, I didn't see the dragon last time. Mm -hmm. So Mike and I got out into the field, and I was ready to see this wall of flames. And behind the wall of flames must be more flames. But in fact, it's like, well, you've got a trouble spot here, and then it it throws an ember over here, and now that's going over there. And so when you look at that map and you see that big red splotch on the Cal Fire map, this is the perimeter in which activity is happening, but it's all patchy within there. Yeah, the fire in 2017 was completely... As you put a drag, a different dragon. Yes, it, it, and it it had changed this time around because having everyone evacuated, it took away that element of people who had no, no connection to anything but maybe their car radio calling, te- just in a panic, where to go. Yeah. So not having this um, life threatening panic element uh, made things. I don't want to say it makes it easier, mm-hmm. but it puts you in a different position where your role is to, in some ways, calm and inform. Because I mean, even in the last, the last throws of it, uh, that final wind event night, it got so many calls from people living in Coffee Park just because it was so visual to that area, mm-hmm. and they all have that context of, you know, going to sleep and then being rushed out of their house. Yeah. So. Even though everyone we talked to, um, all the fire officials, were very calm about it. They knew they had more than enough resources just beyond what you could imagine. Uh, If you live in that area, you see it, and you don't have context of how far it is or where it is or how active it's burning. So sort of your role changes, and you just – you're – you're there to sort of calm people's nerves a little bit. That mm-hmm. the fire danger, it, it's there, but it's not immediate. And that you kind of have to take that into account when you're talking to people. I think it's a great point to make, Mike, that the the surprise factor plays on you so much. Mm-hmm. Meaning no one in 2017 ever, ever, ever thought that a wildfire would roll through town and burn half of town. And so there's the the terror of it happening, but also there's the terror of this is something awful I never even conceived of. Yeah. And so that surprise of like, I didn't like, it would be as if a, a an asteroid hit and you'd never thought about an asteroid hitting. I mean, Healdsburg. that's essentially what happened. Yes. I mean, in 2017, that's what it was. So it, for, th- for this time to be, okay, we've, I know what an evacuation shelter is and I know what, an orderly evacuation looks like and I know that well they got it last time so I'm not as worried maybe that the whole world is going to end and that's not to say there wasn't a threat but it just 
it I, frankly it's sad, but it helps to have done it before. Mm-hmm. It, the craziest part about it is on the the most intense wind night. Uh, I asked uh, one of our fire guys. I was like, you know, "Did we get, or is it? Are you, you know, did was all the evacuation in a worst case scenario? And sort of what what? How did the wind compare to to what they were expecting? And the the craziest part of it is that they got the worst case scenario wind. That was the worst thing that could have happened. They got. So the fact that they were able to stop it stop the advancement of flames in all these places is staggering in uh in Healdsburg in Windsor in Larkfield and Wikiup because again because everyone was evacuated and there was nothing um there was no life threatened there was just yeah. structure yeah it the, makes it even even more impressive the phrase i came up with was cowboy calculus because it's somewhere in between the insanely detailed fire science that they know and then also you're out there in the field shooting from the hip you know i mean you're you're literally having we travis and i uh sales chad guys travis in the ksro news van on the second day we went up um where did you hear about that dramatic rescue that happened where there was an emergency shelter deployed i did read about that yeah so that was on pine flat road high atop pine flat road is all it said so travis and i actually drove that road because that was a road that was possibly going to access the fire burning towards Lake County. That is a really generous term because it's really more like Pine Flat Trail. As we're waking, making our way up this tiny road, I'm just thinking, how do these guys do it? Yeah. I mean, how, in a big old fire truck, I was worried the van was going to fall off a cliff. So it's like, like on the one hand, they've got these really detailed science-based um principles that they're working on but on the other hand you got to be a little bit of a nut you know you got to have a little to just go run yeah. off and go try to run headlong into the smoke you know i mean it does take a special kind of person to run towards the flames and be a first responder that just takes a certain kind of person and i, I think you know we've kind of said it before you have to be a special kind of crazy to work in radio <laughs> you, there, it's, it's, it's a you know it's a personality type to be able to have that in you to like run towards yeah. this and be willing to put your life on the line what is it for First in, last out. Right. And then I've, and then all the, uh, you know, the emotional trauma that can happen as a result of dealing with that. PTSD is huge for first responders mm-hmm. for fire. I mean, just to, to be so up and then all of a sudden you're off. And Well, I guess, you know, I'm really just thinking about, I am thinking about first responders, everyone. And I'm also thinking about their families and their kids. I've been seeing comments on Facebook saying like, oh my gosh, it's so hard for me to explain to my kid that, you know, their dad or their mom is not going to be home for Halloween or maybe even Thanksgiving. And, you know, I know that specifically me, I have not been directly affected by this. You know, I did have to evacuate, but luckily I had Dano to like, without a doubt, was just like immediately like go to my house and him and Melanie went above and beyond. And I didn't, there was never a point during this event that I felt uncomfortable, but Seeing things like that do make me feel uncomfortable and it makes me sad and it makes me feel emotional. And I know like Tanner and I, you know, got a comment today that was like, you guys don't know what we're going through. We don't. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we, you're right. We, we don't. And I mean, I'm we're, just, we're, yeah, we're never going to act everyone. like we do. We ne- we're never going to act like we do understand what happened in yeah. 2017. We never want to do that whatsoever. But at the same time, if we're going to respond to a comment like that, we did in a way experience Kincaid in 2019 mm-hmm. and that 
I mean, even for me, I, I know probably a lot of people from 2017 are going to roll their eyes. It's still a traumatic experience. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anyone would roll roll their eyes. It's a I mean, it's a it, it's your own experience, and it's yeah. like you guys. I mean, you don't need Amber's to family lives across the country, and she's yeah. like here and like uh, having Dano call her and let her know that her house is going to burn down and then she's <laughs> evacuated, <laughs> and like. Tanner's family isn't here and then like they did evacuate and then he came back here and was sleeping on the couch in his office while Lindsay and his cats are in Dublin like they you guys were affected like this is something that is going to live with you guys and you guys are going to make decisions because of it Mm -hmm. later on in life just like we for two years made decisions on things that we do and things that we don't do and things that you know we say because of the experience that we had in 2017 so if anyone has any other things to say, they can reach out to me. <laughs> I think another another, another and embedded in all of this, which is the added wrinkle, is the PSPS. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, this yeah. was a, a, an incident within an incident. I mean, this yeah. is... You've got it's like those Russian dolls. It, it is exactly what that was. You've <laughs> got you've thing. got the mandatory evacuations, and then you've got areas like Katadi or Cloverdale. Cloverdale... No power, no gas, which thank goodness there's no fire threat, but also that's a difficult situation. People were telling me they were running out of food. I didn't get any confirmation of that, but I saw I mean, people felt very isolated up there. And you had some people who had evacuated from Healdsburg to Cloverdale. So that's also a difficult situation in a different way. Tanner, I know you were without power in Bennett Valley. Yeah, I my power thankfully came on yesterday for the first time for nearly two weeks. And I guess I didn't realize, God dang, I didn't have power for a long time. Yeah. You were out that whole time? I was out the whole time. Yeah, the, you, the moment, it was like 10 or, or it was like 11 days, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was almost two weeks. The moment. Wow. Yeah. His never went on. Yeah. Or went back on before they turned it off again. Yeah, mine went back on for about, I want to say six hours and then they turned it wow. back off. And like, I guess it just kind of, you know, a lot like Amber and I, we've been having this conversation over and over again. It makes you realize what's important. You, you don't realize how much of a luxury something like electricity is until you go without it for 11 or 12 days. You don't realize how much of a luxury just living normally without, you know. And being able to open your fridge and have a cold beer. Yeah. <laughs> Which is important That's for most me. of and us. You know, what's so strange through all of this is um, <laughs> we're, you you want to in your life feel like one way about something and you want to be a really clear like this is how i feel about this thing that thing's bad yeah but with pg and e you've got you've got the lines people who are working their butts off to get you your power back and if they're not working around the clock you don't get your power back and as we've discussed it causes all kinds of problems to not have and it's not like those people don't want you to have power and it's not like it's really their fault that that these fires started however then you've got the company at large, which clearly through their structuring and their planning over the last 30 years, this is what the result is. These so fires, these effect. power shutdowns can't handle wind. So they might blame a changing climate, but still through their through their planning, this is what has happened. So you've got that going on. And then the other third dimension is literally the power that I'm using to talk into this microphone the power that is in your phone to listen to this podcast is from PG&E. 
So like PG&E is simultaneously this like hand that both bites and feeds. Yeah. And it's and it's it's just it's just you so you how you're feeling emotionally about them is conflicted. Yeah, it's kind of like a Snickers bar like you enjoy its <laughs> resources so much, but when you put on your pants and they're too small for your butt, you yell at it. That's not a good analogy whatsoever. I see what you you're tried. doing. I tried. I'm you picking tried. up tried, what you're you throwing tried. out there. I'm just trying to make to giggle a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, we we <laughs> could. <laughs> he, he just needs a snack. This kid, I'm hungry. We could we could probably uh, go on for another another hour about this experience. Yeah. Um, we would love to hear from you. If you want to send us a message, Instagram, direct message us. Uh, let us know what you think and what you experienced during uh, the 2019 Kincaid fire. I will tell everyone in this room I'm working on a benefit t-shirt okay. for first responders cool. and a Sonoma Stronger t-shirt. Whoa. Love that. Uh, I got confirmation from our friends at the Community Foundation Sonoma County that the Resilience Fund, which was huge in 2017, will also be benefiting Kincaid Fire. Great. Um, right. And they're, so they're committed to long-term wildfire relief and rebuilding. And uh, let's hope that we don't have to find out what Sonoma Strongest is all about. Let's just stick with Sonoma Stronger. Two times is enough for me. Has a good ring to Two it. Times. Can we also give a shout out to Mike DeWald for being on BBC? What? <laughs> what? Dude, seriously. Thank you for bringing his, that up. His name should be Mike DeWald International. Because yeah. he's on with Australia every year. Every what? time you get introduced on Steve's show, you should play a sound <laughs> clip of saying, and now it's time for Mike DeWald. Mike DeWald has taken over Pitbull as Mr. Roll. <laughs> well, Amber, and Mr. Sealer girl. Amber, thanks thank you for mentioning yep. that. Well, my boyfriend like pulls me in the room. He's like, "Your boy's on BBC." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Who?" He was like, "Mike." He's never met you before. He knows who you are. BBC World News did do a live shot with you. I wonder if you could tell everyone how that came about. Definitely. So when these big news events happen, sometimes these organizations will call and say, do you have people who can talk about this? And it happened back with the Tubbs fire, uh, you know, tons of different places calling saying, is there any you know, anyone who's experienced it who can join us? And sure enough, it's uh, you. <laughs> on the first morning, I think it was, they were on it fairly soon. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, BBC producer, I think, tweeted me or something and said, Are you, we saw you're, that you're watching this. Can you join us? Uh, ended up doing two with them. I did an Australian radio and an Australian TV. And it's it's interesting to hear their their context of it because yeah. they they don't live here. They don't really they just know it's northern California. They don't know spatially where things are from each other. So, hmm. um, yeah, a, a lot of them. What did they think it was in San Francisco? No, they I mean, they knew. They... I think it's more of like how people think. Oh, you live in California, and they are thinking L.A. beaches. They're not thinking Bodega Beach. You must go to yeah. Disneyland every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in some, they thought it was more destructive than it was in terms of like casualties. And right, a lot of what they're seeing is the way that maybe our national media portrays it, and a lot of that focus is on destruction and devastation and right. flames. Which is not to say that doesn't exist, but if that's your only lens by which you see the fire through, you assume that California is just twigs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so you, you sort of have to change their mindset a little bit in the way that uh, in, that you're talking about it. So I, I it's I like to use those to be able to kind of pump up Sonoma County right. to say we were prepared. This is the most prepared area for this to happen in. Yeah. 
Everyone was ready. Everyone got out. No casualties. Uh, there is damage. I mean, you, there definitely, you know, almost 200 families lost homes, not ignoring that part of it. But as yeah. bad as it could be, there are so many amazing things to talk about yeah. in the context of it. Yeah. I think it's the nature of television, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Television ever, needs it, that shot. Media in general, for the most part, is very clickbaity. So, yeah. I mean, if they really were, it was a slow news day, they could have just found a picture. It could have been a, you know, what was a 100-acre fire and made that a big story in Northern yeah. California. Right. If if I could add something in, it was interesting um, analyzing how both my family and Amber's family took this news compared to how Amber and I took it. Because in Amber's family's perspective and mine, they're not from here. They're, they live in different parts of the country. I mean, my mom called me on, I think it was Sunday morning, like right when we, I got off the air here on KSRO. She said, Santa Rosa's on fire. It's burning down. Right. Are you okay? And that's just how the national media scopes things. And my mom, my poor mother in Seattle was sobbing on the phone. She thought, I lost everything. And they just didn't necessarily have the details that, of course, uh, a station like KSRO does. Mm -hmm. And they want to exploit it, in a sense, make it seem way bigger than it is. And that's why in these situations, it's always better to rely on KSRO and local media rather than big national media. And, you know, we really operate the station almost, I mean, it's basically like an emergency response center. I mean, we're covering the story, but we're about communicating the information that the people need to stay safe. And we definitely cover all the angles and the human element. We want to tell stories too, but we are much less concerned about getting that great photo than we are getting on the air and telling you the evacuation has been lifted and telling you, you need to get out of this area now. Yeah, and situations you, like no Sebastopol, you are in a mandatory evacuation exactly. because the map keeps <laughs> messing up. <laughs> but I will credit the map. Let's credit the yeah. County of Sonoma. They did yeah. not have that map. Uh, the last fire, and that was a very, very helpful map. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people were calling KSRO. I was answering the phones. When was it Monday? And um, people were like, "The map. I don't understand it. Can you please explain it to me? I'm scared. I'm frustrated." And that's kind of it. Made me think of Jen, how she was like answering the phones last year. And I know it's not to this extent, but it made me realize also how important KSRO is and our news team and how people don't have internet or without internet or without cell service. And you know, I just I'm amazed. KSRO, you guys rule. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you got a really nice compliment at one of the last press briefings uh, from someone in law enforcement who shall remain nameless, although he has an awesome name. He he has one of the best names. Uh, But what did they say to you? Uh, He made a point to come up and thank the state, basically thank the station for being thorough, being accurate, and being calm. It's sort of the the three different elements of it. Uh, because there's so much different, there's so many nixels and advisories and different things that come out and you don't think about it until someone like that says that to you, how it could have changed the course of evacuations. If everyone looks for the information and it's either messy and disorganized or wrong or, uh, sort of sensationalized, like it, it can change the course of how that evacuation operation plays out so it it helps them in a way uh be able to do their job to have a source of information that's accurate 
Thoreau and uh, just is out there and, and immediate. So, yeah, it was it was crazy to hear from someone kind of in the thick of it. Patting our back a little bit. We'll do it just a little bit. Uh, but thank you to yourself, Mike. Thank you to everyone in this room for all they did to participate and to help. And um, I'll thank our owner as well, Lawrence Amaturo, because um, the KSRO is definitely very important to him. Yeah. And um, the support that was given to KSRO. I mean, we're sitting in a brand new studio, and that was very helpful during this incident. And so, um, and everyone here at the company, Michael O'Shea, our president, our operations manager, Jim Murphy, um, who do you want to say? Um, I want to thank a couple of local companies. They're all lumped in the same category, but I'm going to do it. I know that Belly Left Coast Kitchen, Mary's Pizza Shack, yep. Third Street Ale Works, um, and other people, just friends of the station or listeners brought us food. And when we're in here and it, you know, people were doing 24 hours straight, 12 hours straight, 15 hours yeah. straight, like we're... Taco Bell's not open. We can't just run over to Taco Bell. Like, Correct. so it was yeah. so nice yeah. to just like see their friendly faces, like coming in and like, here's food. It's like, yeah. you have no idea what a club sandwich means <laughs> to me right yeah. now. You know what changer. I mean? Mike, you guys got a big cake today. Well, who, who was that from? It was from a local bakery. Nancy's Fancy. Nancy's Fancy. Yeah, Nancy's Fancy. Oh. Delicious. Um, so, if thank could, you, KSRO. It said, thank you, KSRO on it. I'll yeah, open this. I opened awesome. it this morning because I'm nosy and I was like, oh. <laughs> If I could thank someone, I would like to thank Brian from Sebastopol. Yes. Sebastopol. Sebastopol. <laughs> Are you guys um, Southern now? During a time where uh, I was just exhausted at my wits end, I didn't know what was going on, he came in here. He brought all the Red Bull you could humanly imagine. He's so sweet. Gatorade. Bless Chips. Him. He's great. Yeah. Cliff bars. Yeah. And he also just like sat and talked and shot the crap with me for like 10 minutes. He's and such a calming presence. He, he, he really, really is. is. Like our dad. He, he is seriously Thanks, like Amber dad. and I's dad. Thanks, dad. I have, the, I have the list right here. Pat Kerrigan, thank you. Yes. Coming in early off of medical leave, Pat Kerrigan. Bless her, love her. Mike DeWald's on this list. You've already gotten enough we of a back We love Mike. <laughs> Mike's my boy. Joe Pasquini, who was running the board. Yes. Heather Black. Yes. Yeah. Who is not even officially part of KSRO, <laughs> no. but a radio veteran and knew that she needed to come in and help. Uh, Daniel Trucios, who you hear on mm-hmm. the morning news on KSRO, uh, huge, huge, both on air producing and working our board. Jeff Woodworth. Yes, absolutely. One of the newest additions to the team. He's leaving right now. He loves that his name just got said. Uh, he, he, this was a learning experience for him, and I thought that he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I thought he did on, really well. He was on our website. He was on social. He was helping send out the text blast. If you got any text blasts from KSRO, that was Jeff. Michelle Marquess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who you've heard on our stations for years, and and I believe it was Saturday night, Mike, that she was all the way from like 11, 10, 10, 10 p.m. till, till 6 a.m. covering when. this yeah. thing. I did some of it with her. I ended Incredible. up sleeping here at the station. Uh, Kathy Slack. Yes. Uh, who uh, is one of our marketing pros here at the station. She was working fo- phones. Karma Hughes. Yes. Who you hear on K-Hits 104.9. She stepped in and uh, did some coverage on air. A first for her and she did a very Never, good job. Yeah. Sounded awesome. Uh, Travis Sirocco. Sales Chad. We love him. He went with me Chad. out on the road on the news van. Steve Garner who is typically uh, the Garden Talk and Good Food Hour host. Stepped in and anchoring coverage and just such a calming presence as well. We appreciate him. And Brent Allen, our, our meteorologist, just incredible. 
um, you know, getting us those wind reports and coming in and sitting in as well. Are you done with your list? I have some more, but oh, who, okay. who do you want to say? I was going to say Jim Murphy. Yeah. I did, yeah, Jim Murphy, our operations manager, and coming in and anchoring as well. Absolutely. He killed it. <laughs> I've never heard Jim yeah. I know. on the air before. He was we cutting both like, in live, doing stuff on Hot 1017, too. That's great. Yeah. Um, if I could say uh, two quick ones real quick, I would like to thank uh, Amber and I's news and traffic reporters. I'd like oh, to thank yeah. Joe McConnell. Yes. Um, he's very helpful through this process. And also Elaine, who does traffic for us. She was texting Amber and I, giving us, updates as well as Mike DeWald was and you were Dano and Jen and everybody and just thank you like Amber and I are really uh, lucky to work with such great people it takes a lot of integrity to be able to get through it (laughs) you always get me with that word I I do want to thank Tanner because that that morning I was coming in you were in you know it was early it was like 3 a.m. I was rolling in Tanner was ready he had all this information he handed me a piece of paper and I was like let me get my bearings, dog. And, I, I <laughs> and he just rem- he just was ready to go, and I was just really appreciative of that. Thank you. Who needs who needs zip lining for team bonding? <laughs> Survive a wildfire. Uh, yeah, screw a trust fall. Just <laughs> <laughs> three more. I want to say, uh, Robin Berardini, who you hear with yes. uh, Dr. Walter Tom here on KSRO, uh, w- helping out with some late night coverage on one of the weekend nights. Pete Fabiano, who's a step in, a guest host on the drive, uh, was uh, definitely part of the coverage. And I want to thank Natalia Jaramillo, who uh, was a DJ here at the station for a long time on 101.7, stepping in and doing uh, some Spanish language translation to get that out as well. So it was a village, and uh, let's hope that we never have to do it again, but we are prepared and we are ready should we have to. And um, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for checking out uh, our podcast. And uh, thank you. We hope that you were able to make it through safely and calmly through the Kincaid fire. And again, if you were a family who lost something, even if it was just damaged or one of the 94 families that lost homes, um, your, our thoughts are with you. Yeah, and we've, yeah. we've, we've laughed a little bit through this and we've tried to catch some of the lighter moments of this whole thing. But the impact on those individual families is not lost. The impact of the families who have a huge burn mark next to their home, but their home made it, that's not lost. There's still, at this point, 5,000 people in shelters, although just on my phone, Calistoga and Lake County evacuations have been lifted, yes. which is wonderful. Right. Very exciting. Um, so doing our best to get through it with you and stay in touch with you. And thank you so much for sticking with KSRO, Froggy 92.9. And we will see you next week. Inside Froggy 92.9 with Jen, Dano, and Amber and Tanner in the morning. Hit subscribe now if you haven't already. And stay up to date with the team on Instagram or Facebook. Follow at Froggy 929. Inside Froggy 92.9 from Amaturo Sonoma Media Group.